0: Funding in India's startup ecosystem has declined by ninety percent since this time last year. Welcome to Backstage with Millionaires. I'm Caleb, your host, and I want to take a look at this chart real quick. You can see here that even since January of 2022, the numbers are pretty shocking. Four point six billion dollars were raised by Indian startups back then, as compared to July of 2022, where just one point one billion dollars were raised by Indian startups. You can also see here between June and July of 2022 that there was a 60% decrease month on month from $2.7 billion down to $1.1 billion. And then if we go back as far as July of 2021, when Indian startups raised $11 billion, you can see that between July of 2021 and July of 2022, there was a 90% drop in funding. Now, I know that we here at Backstage with Millionaires, along with the rest of the business and startup media here in India, have been talking about this funding winter pretty much nonstop for the last couple of months. But I want to talk a little bit about the impact here. First of all, I would say that the biggest impact is the amount of layoffs that we're seeing across Indian startups. So in 2022 alone, at least 34 Indian startups have laid off more than 11,360 employees. And there's thousands more who are now living in fear of being laid off in the next couple of months. Now, another interesting phenomenon that we've been seeing here is market consolidation. So, in the first six months of 2022, that's January to June of 2022, there were at least 165 mergers and acquisitions, which is the highest in the first six months of any year ever in Indian startup history. And then the last thing that we've been seeing here, and I have mentioned this in the past, is that Indian startup founders are doing everything that they can to extend their runways. Most of them are targeting between 18 and 24 months because previously that runway was a lot shorter. They were relying on external capital. And now that they can't do that any longer, they're cutting costs. And this, of course, is resulting in things like layoffs. But there's also other cost-cutting measures like, for example, shutting down non-essential business lines to focus on the core business and make it profitable or at least sustainable in the short term. Now, obviously a funding winter like this is gonna impact different kinds of startups in different ways. So for example, if you're a bootstrap startup, you might not be as affected because you're not heavily reliant upon the money coming in from investors, especially if you're profitable, you're probably gonna be in a good place. If you have savings, if you have money in the bank, then you're gonna last a lot longer than a startup that's heavily reliant upon external capital and has basically been getting drip fed by investors. Every couple of months, they ask for a new funding round. Those are the startups that are being acquired right now. And so I really do think that it's important to understand how VCs look at a situation like this during a funding winter, how do they decide how much to invest in startups and also which startups to invest in in the first place. And so if you want to understand how fundraising has changed for startups in 2022, then I would highly recommend that you check this video out. It features Manpreet Radhia. He's the managing partner of Jungle Ventures. And in this video, Manpreet talks to founders of different stage startups on how they should prepare, how they should react and what things they need to consider during a funding winter like this one. And here's my favorite clip from that video. So fundraising still possible, but I think the realist in me tells me that if you're very early stage, maybe seed, if you are like pre-series A, etc., those guys may find it a little bit tougher. They may get a little bit longer because, you know, your product market fit is still not yet defined. There is still not enough revenue, which you can probably demonstrate. So for them, it may get a little bit tougher but I still think it is possible. Now, that was obviously just a short snippet for you guys, but also in this video, Manpreet answers questions like how much runway should founders aim to have and what are VCs focusing on right now when a startup comes to them for funds? So you should definitely check the complete video out. I'll be putting a link to it in the description down below as well as the pinned comment too. And while you're over there watching that video, make sure to hit subscribe to Jungle Ventures' YouTube channel as well. And you can even hit the bell icon so that you don't miss any of their uploads because honestly, if you're a startup enthusiast or you're planning on starting up someday or you currently have your own business, this channel is super valuable and important. It is perfect for anybody who's passionate about business or entrepreneurship. So head over there, hit subscribe and tell them that I sent you. All right, next up, let's move into our founder spotlight now because this week I wanted to highlight the founder and CEO of Slice, Rajan Bajaj. So obviously Slice has been in the news a lot recently. We covered them here at Backstage with Millionaires as well because the RBI has barred fintech startups from offering credit on prepaid instruments and this impacted Slice in a big way. But this is where the story starts to take a turn because unlike other startups in the fintech space that are looking for ways to counter this move by the RBI or bypass it, Slice is already working on its next big thing. And this culture at Slice of adapting and growing fast comes from its founder, Rajan Bajaj. So, Rajan started his career with Flipkart. He was an important part of Flipkart's payment business, but he also wanted to start something of his own. And so, in 2015, he started Mesh Internet, a shopping app that let customers rent products by making small monthly payments, and it also had an option to purchase anytime they wanted, too. Unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, Rajan was very early to this space. Digital payments in India at that time were very low, and so, Rajan and his team pivoted their idea four times in one year just to stay relevant. It was during this difficult time in his startup journey that Rajan realized that India's credit and payment space hadn't evolved much. There was a huge opportunity for disruption there and so, in 2016, he started Slice. He focused on Millennials and Gen Z, making it easy for young people who were having a hard time taking loans from banks and elsewhere to get monthly credit and pay it back in installments. Growth was so fast that in January of 2021, Rajan announced on Twitter that he would like to see Slice become a unicorn in two years. But the company would end up reaching this mark in less than one year. By March slash April of 2022, they were issuing four lakh cards a month to their users. And on the other hand, HDFC, which is India's largest private bank, was issuing just three lakh cards per month during this same time period. So everything was going really well for Slice. That is, until the RBI made their big announcement barring non-bank PPIs from offering credit lines on prepaid cards. That being said, though, within three weeks of the RBI announcing this, Slice had already come up with their next product, which we talked about in an earlier episode. And basically, what they'll be focusing on now is giving on-the-spot micro loans to consumers, which is where the entire space of credit seems to be going in India anyways. It's definitely going to be interesting to see where Slice goes from here and also how the market reacts to this new offering. Back in news video 130, I was a little bit critical. I'm not an Indian and I don't always understand fully the intricacies of the Indian market. I'm a Canadian, I have a conventional credit card and so that's what I'm used to. But I also realize that the realities of the Indian market are very different from what I'm used to and possibly sufficiently different for Slice to continue succeeding in spite of this pivot. Also, now that we've done a little bit of research on the story of Slice, I'm actually realizing that It's a pretty fascinating and interesting story. So if you guys would like to see us make a dedicated video covering the journey of Slice up until this point, then let us know in a comment down below. All right, next up, let's move into our bird's eye segment now, because at least 12 Indian startups have raised more than a million dollars this week, with $145 million being raised across the entire ecosystem. So fintech startups led the charge this week, as they have been pretty consistently for the last couple of weeks. They raised 41% of all the funds. That's 59.4 million dollars being raised by companies like Deserve and Twid, which raised $20.7 million and $12 million respectively. Next up, we have B2B Packaging. And there was one startup in particular here, Bizongo, raising 17% of all the funds this week. That's $25 million. Then following B2B Packaging, we have the logistics space. And again, one startup, ExpressBees, raised 17% of all the funds this week. That's $24.6 million. And then finally, we have SaaS. And there was one startup here, WebEngage, raising 14% of all the funds. That's $20 dollars. Now there is one silver lining here which is that 145 million dollars is actually 23% higher than last week when Indian startups raised just 118 million dollars but of course you're watching this video probably on Saturday or Sunday. I recorded this on Thursday so I almost guarantee that some of this information is going to be slightly out of date. So if you want complete up-to-date information about the funding details from this week including details on individual deals then make sure to sign up for our newsletter. You can find the link to that in 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 the description or pinned comment down below. All right. next up, just a couple of quick updates for you guys now. First of all, unfortunately, more layoffs are happening at Unacademy and Vedantu. So we'll start with EdTech Unicorn Vedantu, they announced that they're going to be laying off another 100 employees as part of business restructuring, and this is actually coming as a big surprise to most of their employees as they believe that there wouldn't be any more layoffs. Up until this point, Vedantu has laid off 700 employees this year alone in 2022. Now in another development in the EdTech space, Unacademy has abruptly suspended contracts with its NEAT-NG doubt-solving educators for six months. So this is obviously being done as a cost-cutting strategy, but what this suspension actually means for these educators is that they're not going to be getting paid for the next six months. And this is a way for Unacademy to kind of lay these employees off without actually laying them off and also without giving them proper notice. Alright, next up, Swiggy employees are now allowed to take a second job. So this new policy, which they're calling the Moonlighting Policy, is, according to Swiggy, a step in the direction of being employee-centric. Under this new policy, Swiggy's full-time employees are going to be able to take a second job if they want to for some extra cash. Basically, any time that they have after work or before work, they can use that time to work at another company to increase their income. Now, Swiggy has made it clear that this part-time job shouldn't and cannot interfere in any way with the employee's full-time job with Swiggy, but I don't know. This just feels like it should be the default for me. Uh, I feel like people should be allowed to do whatever they want with their time when they leave the office. If they want to take up secondary employment, then they should just be allowed to do that by default. I don't know. Is that is that a weird thing in India? It's it's not typically allowed. Is it in the contract that they can't do that? It, it might even be the case in Canada or the United States. I'm I'm not sure. I haven't done a lot of corporate work in my life sitting at a desk. So maybe this is just normal across the board, but... I definitely think that people should be allowed to moonlight if they want to without consequence. So good job, Swiggy, for doing the right thing, even if it's a little bit late, in my opinion. But uh, we have one more news item from us here at Backstage with Millionaires, which is that we are hiring in the script writing slash researching department, as well as the video editing department. So if those are areas that you're passionate about or you're interested in and you have a little bit of experience, we're looking for people who are not just freshers who have no experience whatsoever, um, then definitely apply. You can find a link to the application form in the pinned comment down below. I think that's where we're gonna put it, not the description. So check that out and that is all the startup news that i have for you guys this week so i really hope you enjoyed the video and that you learned a lot from it big thanks now to all of our backstage with millionaires members our unicorns our decacorns and our hectacorns and of course also big thanks to jungle ventures for sponsoring this video and continuing to sponsor us over i think it's been like more than a year now at this point since our last sponsorship with jungle ventures so big thanks to those guys and i will see you in the next one